I'm Caleb Kid Coy, Epic Legacy Hero Builder, and I'd like to welcome you to Living Like a Bank. Along with myself, you'll hear from other successful experts and people who are busy serving and empowering many lives. You'll see how we're showing others to become debt-free in record time as they build economic discipline while generating a bulletproof family legacy revenue stream together. We'll learn how to live and operate just like the banks do. What is up, everybody? Caleb Kid Coy here, your alchemized slayer of mediocrity, heroic family legacy builder, and host of Living Like a Bank podcast. And we're back at you in the biz book club today, looking at Outwitting the Devil by Mr. Napoleon Hill. We're going to be diving into chapter two real soon here. And joining me back in the studio, Lean Clark and Christian McFarlane. Hey, guys, how is your what, what day is it? Thursday. It's Thursday. I lost track there for a minute. How's your Thursday going? So far, so good. I'm with y'all, so I'm great. But truth be told, I'm scared about what the Chiefs going to do to my Broncos tonight. We have to talk about that. <laughs> those those Broncos. That's a little scary topic there. It's, it's, it's almost like politics these days, Chris. It, it, that, it's like they all, all they do is make me cry. Like that that guy who the Dolphins made him cry. <laughs> sports, sports politics. We won't go there. Well, checking out chapter two, guys. A new world is revealed to me, and we ended uh, chapter one there with Mister Hill talking about the introduction to what he calls his other self. And he, as we as we move through chapter two, we'll notice more than more than once he says, "I don't know exactly." what my other self is. I just know if I followed it and I listened to it, it led me in the right direction. What are you guys' uh, initial thoughts on the other self concept? Uh, yes, uh, Napoleon, he believed in that other self so much that right at the outset of chapter two, he mentioned that he had faith that the money will be forthcoming to the point that he already feel like it was already in his hand. That's how much belief he had in himself. That's how much belief he knew. And he describes it as a feeling that it was something that he cannot describe. Unless you experience it, it's hard to describe that type of faith. And that's because he knew he was going to be somewhere. He knew it was going to And that is a belief that I noticed that a lot of people are missing today. They don't believe mm -hmm. in themselves. They don't believe that they can. They, people, it's easy for people to say, I can't. And I told, I told the kids, that is a curse word. We don't use that word in the house. I can't. You I tell have them the same to. thing, Lena. I yeah. love that. Amen. 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 And, and just to glom onto what you were saying, I think the key is it's coming, it's got to come from the individual, right? right? Like, even though you're a mom and you love your kids, if, if you put it on them, even if it's a good thing, it takes it away. Like uh, Sharon Leckler gives the example of uh the parents who do the science project for the kids and they basically just do it for them, you know, and all that really tells the kid is you think I can't do anything, <laughs> you know? So, uh, and there's all kinds of examples we could give of stuff like that. Um, and I don't want to get ahead of myself to some of the things that the devil reveals about uh, how he controls people and all that other stuff, but sticking to this chapter, what is this other self and what is it not? That, that's what I've, I want to really get into because like um, we have been talking, you could give all kinds of examples from literature, but we have been talking about the Brothers Karamazov and total plot spoiler. If you're reading Brothers Karamazov, you know, fast forward the next 10 seconds. <laughs> but um, the actual murderer is this guy named Smerdyakov and he's loony as a nut bin and he's got these voices in his head and he's got this absolute faith. That ain't the kind of faith we're talking about. 
And his brother is um, just came from a monastery. He's like a monk. He's a really great person. He's the protagonist of the novel. And he's got this great faith in God. That ain't the faith we're talking about either. We're talking about the faith that one has in oneself from one's own definite plans and purposes. But there is, Napoleon Hill says, access to something. He doesn't even really necessarily imply that it's anything outside of oneself, right? Like, he doesn't really get into that. He's not, he's not a metaphysician or a theologian. But he does say that nothing within reason is impossible to one who relies on their other self. So what's the difference between that and the Smerdyakov guy who's the real murderer and the brothers Karamazov who's just nuts, right? Who's just crazy. who has got the wrong idea. And I think the difference is Smerdyakov has, it's very clear in the novel that Ivan puts the idea in his head, which is why Ivan feels guilty. And there's a total plot spoiler on, on brothers Karamazov, but Ivan feels guilty because he knows he put the idea in Smerdyakov's head. None of that really matters. None of those Russian names matter. What matters is that the loony character had someone else putting something in his mind. Mm -hmm. Really his own mind. That's the only reason I'm bringing it up. Good, good note, Chris. And, and just to highlight, Aline, what you mentioned, that phrase, you can see that was the first sentence I underlined in this chapter. Read it back it says, to this, Caleb. We couldn't really read it there on the screen. Yeah, that's what, what uh, Aline mentioned, absolute faith that the money would be forthcoming, that I could already see it in my possession. And we'll want to get into that a little bit because – the principles Napoleon Hill teaches had a lot to do with this visualization concept as well, did they not? That mm -hmm. there is a, a definitive role in visualizing what we are believing to manifest coming forward. And so um, the next the next thing that stood out to me, Aline, did you want to piggyback on that at all? Yeah, um, just to go along with that, it's the same, like you were talking about the principle, the same thing he teaches in Thinking Grow Rich, we fit from gold. These are the things that when you don't visualize it, you can't you can't get it. You cannot make it uh, to where you think you wanna you wanna go. And there, in like the very first couple of chapter of Thinking Grow Rich, he talk about three feet from gold. But this guy he missed out on that gold because there was no vis visualization. He didn't say I'm going to make it. He was just doing it and looking forward to the the result without having to see the result for itself. That's why he missed out on that opportunity. And that is one thing we don't want to, you, you want to be able to see yourself somewhere. Like, what is it that you want? And then put yourself in that position. And I'm pretty sure that's where you were going to head out to. The next one that he mentioned is the reason why you want, the, 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 the people that you meet in your journey, you never know. He said, you never know when an acquaintance may become a business associate. Yes. People that you meet in your journey, that's why you want to be kind to people. That's why you'll be polite to people. That's why you want to be a nice person all, all around because you never know when your next business partner is going to be, when your next business opportunity, when your next blessing is going to come from. If you don't put yourself in that position. There you go. The go-giver. The go-giver. And I yep. love the quote Michael just brought up, right? The way that we, every individual has the ability, the opportunity to change their material or financial status by changing their core belief system. Because again, this distinction, he'll makes it very, very clear. This other self, there's faith on one side, there's fear on the other. Who's running the show? Well, what kind of thoughts are we feeding it? I am not a prophet, he said, but I can, with all due modesty, predict every individual 
has the power to change his or her material or financial status by first changing the nature of his or her beliefs. Chris, Aline, how, what's a good example of you experiencing this in your own personal lives where you changed something in the way that you thought and you saw an end result or a manifestation, if you will? Go ahead, Chris. This podcast. Love it. Yeah, I was going to say this year. This year has been a total change for me because I looked at my life, where I was and where I was going. I was like, that's not where I want to be. And I woke up January 1st. It, you know, that's always when people make resolution and they decide this is what is going to happen. I'm going to do this. And then 30 days later, what happened to that resolution is down the drain. You know, people sign up for the gym. <laughs> yeah. And they say, I'm gonna, this is the year I'm going to lose weight. 30 days later, you forget all about it because you're back to the normal. But I decided that this is not going to happen to me anymore. This is a year where everything changed. And I can guarantee you that all the goals that I set for myself this year, but one, I have accomplished it. Powerful. I have accomplished it this year. And, and, and it makes me so proud because this is exactly what he's, he's talking about. You picture yourself into a position and you work towards that. And then along the road, you make sure that you accompany yourself, you surround yourself with the people that are going to take you there. You're not just going to aimlessly walking into life and hoping that you're going to make it to your destination. You want to be a blessing and you for yourself and you want to be a blessing for other people. Mm -hmm. And there goes that quote that there's a solution for every legitimate problem, no matter how difficult the problem may seem. Yes. And, and sorry for talking a little too much, but a lot of people get caught up in the problem. Yeah. They're like, it is not the problem. It's what you do. with There's always going to be problems. But what do it's you do with that problem? Do you sit and cry and be sorry for yourself or do you decide no more? Well, does focusing on the problem not make the fear self take over? Exactly. Yeah. So that's true in so many areas of life. And we often come back to sports. And when Aileen and I were getting to know each other, we started talking about soccer and not to get sidetracked. But um, Aileen, uh, I'm not sure if you were, were you the team captain or a, a team captain? I was the team captain. A shocker. Okay. I'm, here, I'm officially shocked. And so, like, was there ever a time when your team maybe got down no one? Right? Oh, and, yes. And obviously, right? I mean, I'm sure obviously that's going to have happened. And so, like, a bad captain would be like, oh, here we go again. You know, or even if they're not saying that, their body language might say that. And I'm sure that didn't happen with you. I'm sure, I mean, knowing you, because I know you, you know, you would have been like the type of person like like my wife is when my wife was uh, also the captain of not a soccer team, but field hockey, pretty much the same thing. But um, in Japanese, they would say gambate, which is Japanese for come on, let's go, guys. <laughs> like, let's keep fighting. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's any any different language you want to say that in. But that's that's part of it. So on that quote that our producer, Michael, just put up, it doesn't say that you yourself can solve every problem. Because Napoleon Hill himself had, let's just say for the sake of discussion, everything else going for him except a mastermind. Mm -hmm. And even maybe when he only had his wife, like that's still kind of limited, right? It's when he brought in some other people and really started working with other people that he really got his mastermind, starting with the guy who published his stuff. 
So that's why I'm excited about this podcast, because like skipping through the whole story about how I met both of you, we've come together in the way that we've come together. And along with Michael, uh, we're, we're forming this mastermind group and we're inviting everybody in our audience to also participate in that mastermind group. So please do let us know what you think in the comments. Because whatever it's, I guess in sports, like as a coach, uh, I would always tell my kids, you know, like focus on what you want, not what you don't want. That's kind of a summary of what we're talking about here, right? Right. And, think and about what did we learn from the failures when we lost right. the soccer match, when we right. lost the basketball game for me, the tennis match? You know, what right. What did we learn and what did we look to learn? I mean, as kids, right. so many of us aren't necessarily taught that, right? Our coaches are going, you got to win, right? You got to get better. You got to improve. So we're met with this extraordinary sense of disappointment and failure when we don't accomplish what we thought was the purpose goal. And Chris, you and I talked about this a lot. It's, you know, it's a foundational principle of Hills. I've discovered there comes with every experience of temporary defeat. Remember defeats only temporary unless we allow it not to be mm -hmm. every failure, every form of adversity, the seed of an equivalent benefit. So if we recognize there's a seed, there's a learning lesson in that. And what did Hill go on to say? Whose record I've examined every great leader of the past, was beset by difficulties and met with temporary defeat before arriving, right? Before succeeding, reaching their goal, whatever you want to call it. So How Caleb and Ewing, which is that, that failure, Chris. It's, it's critically important. I was going to ask both of you a question. Like um, uh, uh, the, the seed is not a flower, right? There's no, no guarantee of success. No. So he is saying that adversity is a prerequisite. That's what he's really saying. Adversity is a prerequisite. Correct. Because he himself, in his own story, he was trying, he was doing a lot of things, he even had the mastermind, but he still didn't really get it until he got punched in the face a couple times with adversity. Everybody's got a plan. Who was it? Uh, Mike Tyson, right? Mike Tyson. Yeah. You say it, Caleb, you say it. <laughs> Everybody's got a plan, right? Until they get punched they in get the punched face. get punched in the face, yep. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. If you never fail, you will never learn. It's... It's almost like a, a, um, a mother who's always bailing the kids out. If you make a mistake, they bail you out. They never punish you. They never discipline you. Whatever you do, they, they you go out there in the world and you do dumb stuff and you come up, mom's going to bail. You're never going to learn. And then the, the more you do it, the next thing you know, what happened to that kid? It becomes the kid that has entitlement issues. And then once you don't do, you get to a point you're like, oh, oh, wait a minute, I have an entitled kids, I can't have that. Now it turns that entitlement to hatred. Mm -hmm. So you can't do. Uh, you have to go to failure, and you cannot look at somebody who's become something and think that you never experienced failure. If all these supposedly rich and successful people sit down and tell you where their humble beginnings were, most of us won't can't even believe it. That that's where they come they come from, but that is what made them who they are today. So to be able to look at failure as failure, it is a mistake. It is a terrible thing that you will want to do. And just like that quote that Michael just put there, for everything you've missed, you've gained something else, and for everything you've gained, you lose something else. And that is exactly what life is. If you don't fail you will never make it to anywhere you want. So you have to go to tragedy. You got to go to, and he's talking, he's talking about Christ. Even Christ suffered. Yep. He was in pain, even though he was perfect. There's a reason why he was there. Even though he was a perfect 
uh, a human being. He went to a lot of painful situation so that he can prove his faith to his to his father, which he did. And so for us, same thing. You got to go to failure. Failure is part of success. It's mandatory. Yep. And I really wanted Michael to highlight that Ralph Waldo Emerson quote because it's so true, right? Even when we're gaining something, we have to be willing to give up something, don't we? We have to be willing to sacrifice something. And and great parental analogy, Aline, because how often as parents, right, are we looking maybe to to teach that lesson for our children? Or how often are people presented with failure? But it doesn't mean they're capitalizing on the opportunity to learn and grow from that failure. There's a big difference, isn't there? Some people just go through life failing because they think it's their lot in life. The ones that look for the opportunity to learn and grow from that failure are the ones that are eventually going to overcome those obstacles and succeed. Chris thoughts. Well, um, you know, Michael, Michael prompted us there with the Emerson quote. And um, you know, that's kind of what we do here is we, uh, we tie in uh, well-known business stuff and then we bring in kind of like what inspired it and where it came from and stuff. Right. So uh, you know, there, I would just encourage people to, to look up the law of compensation. Um, mm-hmm. I think we've already talked about it. But it just it basically says that it's karma. OK, I think in, I'll, in kind of modern parlance, we just call that karma or maybe in a, a Christian church, they might call that reaping and sowing or you might just call that, uh, you know, the golden rule. Mm-hmm. Causality, cause and effect, cause and effect. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it's important that when we talk about everything with Napoleon Hill, to use a big word, he's assiduous <laughs> about not being Christian. Now, he clearly comes from a Christian worldview, but in in and but in his writing and in my opinion, in his heart, I think that he would have called himself a Christian. But I don't think I think he was true to himself. He he was thinking for himself. He had his own thoughts about things. Like I, I don't recognize. I've studied a lot of different faiths and, and especially a lot of different Christian faiths. And I don't recognize anything exactly the same in Napoleon Hill as anything else, although I see a lot of influences from a lot of things. And that's just being true to who he is because he had his, his own ideas. Right. And like we said earlier, he's not trying to be a metaphysician or a theologian. And when we get to it, uh, probably in about two episodes from now, I've already got some notes and, and I haven't even told you guys yet. But we've talked we have talked about Brothers Karamazov and the Grand Inquisitor. We have not talked about the punchline to the Grand Inquisitor, which is uh, which is Yvonne's nightmare and his interview, the original interview with the devil from Ivan Karamazov and his interview with the devil that this is clearly inspired by. Mm-hmm. He had to he had to have read that chapter. Had to have right. And just piggybacking on that, you know, from a faith based principle, and I, I love the this picture, <laughs> Al Pacino, <laughs> Devil's Advocate, it, wonderful movie. If you never saw it with Al Pacino, Keanu Reeves, and in this contrast, right, essentially of this good versus evil, light versus dark, other self, if you will. But growing up, preacher's kid, I, I heard a lot, obviously, and one of those common statements was. Well, Brother Caleb, if you just have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, just an itty bitty, teensy weensy, tiny amount of faith. And they really missed the principle entirely. It wasn't about the mustard seed's size. It was that contained within that seed was this amazing genetic blueprint and DNA for this massive mustard tree, the largest of all trees, which the birds would come and 
live and feed and, and thrive. So literally that seed, the way that we view that, right? How do we cultivate it? How are we nurturing that seed once we plant it, which becomes the fruit of our lives, if you will? Let's talk about prayer, y'all. Uh, there, there was a song back when I was growing up when uh, George Michaels wanted to talk about something else, but let's talk about prayer. <laughs> let's talk about prayer. <laughs> Yeah, Michael's even got a graphic. All right. I need a... <laughs> All right. Talk about I mean, the new way to pray, Chris. We, well, we've been talking about, I mean, obviously, we've already made it pretty clear about what faith isn't, right? So kind of that same stuff applies to the prayer. What Napoleon Hill clearly isn't praying to um, Buddha or um, Allah or, or God or uh, per se, right? Uh, in fact, he never uses that terminology. You guys notice how Sharon has no compunction just talking about God, but Napoleon Hill never just says that. I did that. Yeah, yeah. I noticed. Um, so when Napoleon's talking, uh, at least from what he wrote, he's not just talking about any re received notion of God, okay, from any source of religion. He's talking about that other self. And he defines, back in Think and Grow Rich, the brain, he defines that, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but as a downloading nexus for contact to an infinite intelligence um you know michael and i are both comic book fans and i'm not as big a, a fan as, as michael is but uh we, we all love spider-man right you know like oh, yeah. a spidey sense right spidey and uh and i, I think that's kind of what this sixth sense is like right and uh it, you could call it this the your still soft voice inside of you right and uh and we have and we do have to there are there are limitations to this, obviously, right? If someone's clinically insane or if it's not really their thought and it's put there by somebody else, which I would argue is probably how they got insane in the first place. But as long as we're having true and accurate thoughts that are not colored by fear. And I think another thing we want to develop is the difference between fear, which Napoleon Hill says we can't have, and caution Plot spoiler, which the devil reveals is one of the things that we can use to fight back against the devil. And that's when. Go ahead. Go ahead, Elaine. And, and that's when, like the Bible says, faith without action is dead. Right. And so if, if we don't put into action what we actually believe, and, right. and, and it comes from it comes from within, it comes from within your heart. If you don't believe in within your heart that you you can do something or you can accomplish something. It is not going to happen. And you're not going to put into action what you need to be doing. Because he gave over here the example of Thomas Edison, who yep. failed 10,000 right. times. Yep. 10,000 times. How many of us is going to fail that many times and still have the faith to know that whatever it is that I'm searching, I will find it? And here's, my, here's my chicken scratch again, Elaine. <laughs> you must have corresponding yeah. action. What do you know? And it has yeah. to be reasonable. It has to be reasonable. Like uh, we've all heard the expression, "If wishes were horses, would all learn to fly." We can't. We can't just you know wish to fly. But we can, if we're the Wright brothers, maybe in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, figure out a contraption that could allow us to fly, and we could go on from there to land on the moon and so forth. Right. So there are things we can do and, and working together in groups is a like-minded purpose and getting access to that infinite. So I think the key is it's, he's not just saying like, 
there's a really, really big word in philosophy called solipsism, which is this idea of a brain on a slab. And that's clearly not what he's saying. Because this other self and your connection to this universal power, that's part of it. But it doesn't really truly work with his 13 steps and think and grow rich unless you also have that mastermind. So it's, it's Caleb's other self and Aileen's other self and Michael's other self and Chris's other self. And together with those things affecting each other, somehow there's something greater. There's something syncretic, something synergistic that happens. That's that's dynamic. That's bigger than all of us. I like that, that, Chris. <laughs> Guys, as we wrap this up and bring us to a close, I want to read one statement here. For one thing I've learned, that those who meet with difficulties which seem insurmountable may, if they will do so, best overcome these difficulties by forgetting them for a time and helping others who have greater problems. So if you're struggling, if you're going through difficult and hard times, one of the greatest opportunities that you have is to reach out and help serve somebody else. And that's a great lesson to be learned. Guys, this has been really good today. Thanks again for joining sure. me for this mastermind, Chris and Aileen. And we appreciate you all tuning in to the Business Book Club and Living Like a Bay. Get out there, give, love, serve, and empower other people. In the midst of your own struggles, you will find liberation and success when you do so. Don't forget to like and subscribe at Living Like a Bank and share this with somebody you know that can benefit as we move forward and build a powerful legacy together. Take care, y'all. Thanks for tuning into the show. Please be sure you subscribe on YouTube for the podcast on anchor.fm and follow me on social media at Metalpreneur. If you're ready to talk about building your own bank, use the QR code or go to rebrand.ly slash buildabank. Be sure and join us for the next broadcast as together we learn to live and operate just like the banks do.